I'm Drew. And I'm John, a.k.a. Colin Tate. I mean, Tate. <laughs> this episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Today we're discussing Possessor from 2020, which is a grounded, gritty, sci-fi body horror film. A Cronenberg making a body horror? That's right. Directed by Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son. Uh, Brandon Cronenberg had directed films up until this point, but this is his breakthrough film. The thing about this movie is that uh, Possessor was being written when all of the Edward Snowden shit hit the fan. So people were woke to how the government was spying on people. And Brandon Cronenberg figured that possession of someone else's body is the worst type of intrusion on someone's life. I can't disagree with that. I would say I would agree with that. I didn't know about the Snowden element. That's interesting. I definitely see it in there. Yeah, so this movie is about being downloaded into someone else and then committing murder. And how and it's all and about how all that can be made realistic basically and it is very realistic in this movie and it's a mind bender and it's fucking wild and we're gonna get baked and talk about it. All that and more today on High on Horror. Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. Alright, yeah, so before we talk about Possessor, let's talk about director Brandon Cronenberg for a second. What about but let's get uh let's let's smoke a little bit first. Um, what's this called? What have I got in front of me? Some more of that black cherry punch. I haven't got anything new, so nothing, nothing special uh, to share with you. Oh, the beautiful shit that you posted on Instagram. Yeah, and like I said, like that uh, that Kiefer Sullivan is growing <sighs> in the bottom of the grinder. It's smooth, man. It's so Dude, smooth. it's it's pur- it's purple. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any uh any bud to contribute today, but I have uh, a new vape cart from Cali Bud called uh Flavored Glacier and. Uh, if we were hitting this earlier, it tastes like cotton candy and mint. It's delicious. I don't taste any glacier in it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, uh, okay, so director Brandon Cronenberg, uh, he decided that he wanted to be a filmmaker when he realized that his initial goals in life, to be a writer, painter, or musician, were all things that he could do through making movies. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And uh, he took up studying at Ryerson University in Toronto, Canada, and his first two outings behind the camera were short films, Broken Tulips from 2008. Tulips. <laughs> and The Camera and Christopher Merck in 2010. Uh, then his first feature, Antiviral, starring Caleb uh, Landry, the Caleb Landry Jones from Get Out and uh, X-Men First Class. Um, then he did a few music videos, uh, another short film, and then bam. In 2020, he dropped the bomb that is Possessor, the film that put him on the map. And uh, just about every genre fan has him on their map right now. And we're doing an episode about the film. Yeah, and uh, I was going to say, I think he also took up studying his uh, his dad as well. I'm sure that was a big help. Um, it's just, I had, this movie just feels like it comes from the same blood, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely, uh, like, like I, I was going to say, you definitely can see some elements of video drone present. I mean, and we just did that last week, so go back and listen to that. But he... This is kind of like a continuation episode. We're doing like mind benders. We've we've censor Videodrome now Possessor. We're kind of continuing this whole mind bender thing. I like it. Movies that make you think. Yeah, like it's another movie we're uh, we're dealing with where uh, where somebody's hallucinating and having trouble separating from reality, really. But uh, uh, Possessor, like you said, it's a sci-fi like psychological. Body Horror from 2020, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. And uh, you can see, like I said, some elements of Videodrome. 
Uh, he learned well from Daddy Cronenberg. <laughs> it stars Andrea uh, Riseborough and Christopher Abbott, along with Ross of Sul- Sutherland, who's Donald's son, and Kiefer, our, our boy in the bottom of the grinder, Kiefer Sullivan. It's his half-brother. Yeah. And uh, I think it's Tuppence. So never seen that name before. Middleton, uh, Sean Bean, the Warden of the North, Eddard Stark, <laughs> and Jennifer Jason Lee. Riseboro plays Tasha Vaz, an assassin who performs her assignments by possessing the bodies of other individuals. And she does this through an implant installed in the host's brain. And then she has a special machine. It's almost kind of like the Matrix. Like she's just plugging in, yeah. dropping in. Uh, <laughs> was it like jacking in? That sounds wrong. That, yeah, I would, I I don't, use I'm, that not, I'm not using that term. Gonna veto that one. That's going to get us canceled. <laughs> she uses a machine she puts her conscience into their minds uh her new host colin tate played by abbott he ain't having that shit though he fights to keep himself and let's just talk about uh, andrea rosenborough though uh she she's been acting since the early 2000s and has had roles in birdman with michael keaton i wasn't a fan of that movie but it was critically acclaimed uh and oblivion with tom cruise and uh, she does a great job in this movie her facial expressions man you feel what she feels yeah, and uh, I, I agree with that. And a, a little quick side note, you mentioned Oblivion with Tom Cruise. I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't see Birdman, but I hated Oblivion. There's like a five-minute scene of Tom Cruise just taking jump shots, playing basketball <laughs> on like this busted-ass earth. So it's like it's like a castaway, but with Tom Cruise, I'll pass. <laughs> and just one more thing on that. Yeah, the thing that really made me mad is they definitely made it seem like Morgan Freeman was in that movie a lot more than he was. <laughs> anyway. He just has the appearance of God at this point. But um, And real quick, though, uh, but uh, Christopher Abbott, as you had, as you had mentioned, yeah, um, he who plays Colin Tate, uh, I know him from the slow burn horror film It Comes at Night. And I loved that movie. A lot of people didn't like it. I liked that movie. Um, besides that, I'm not familiar with his work, but he does a fantastic job in this film. He carries his own, although I do think that it's apparent that he's like the less rehearsed one between him and Andrea. Um, he's not a veteran like she is. You can tell her acting's a little bit more honed in, but their chemistry works perfect on camera. Yeah, and uh, this film, it's set in an alternate 2008. Uh, definitely, definitely a lot different than the 2008 I went through. <laughs> yeah right well that's exactly uh well production production designer rupert lazarus said that possessor quote wasn't the world we currently live in it's as if 20 years ago we went in a different direction so where we are now we went right and then they went left and yeah brandon cronenberg confirmed that uh it's an alternate 2008 they wanted it to be futuristic but also grounded and believable and it does feel like something that could happen yeah uh, Tasha Vaz is an assassin who takes control, like we said, of other people's bodies. But the way she returns to her own body is, uh, she forces the host to commit suicide at the end of each job. And it's, uh, that's a pretty shitty way to go. Like somebody comes into your body, they take you over, have you commit all these horrible crimes. And then when they're done with you, they don't just like leave your body. They gotta fucking like blow your brains all over. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> yeah. That's uh, their their exit of your body is is suicide. So you die. Not only do you get possessed and commit a murder, but goodbye. You're dead afterwards. I mean, not that you'd want to go to jail and shit and deal with the repercussions that's, of something you didn't do anyway. But yeah. Uh, 
Vaz uh, is struggling big time here. She can't fully separate her work from her interactions with her husband. Like I said, more of uh, somebody that's having problems dealing with reality. And we didn't really necessarily plan it this way, but I feel like this has been all of our films recently. Maybe maybe, maybe we're in some kind of like emo mood or something. <laughs> yeah, because you had mentioned you wanted to do Donnie Darko next. So. I know. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then Michael, played by uh, Sutherland, uh, plays her husband. And the son, Ira, is played by Gage Graham. This one. Aber Aberthnot. That's what <laughs> I'm going with. <laughs> I'm so terrible with Neves. She practices basically assuming her normal persona the way she would do the same of impersonating her host. She's spending so much time out of her body that she's just having trouble connecting. And uh, thoughts of violence haunt her during her ordinary domestic life when she's putting her kid to bed or having sex with her husband. And uh, her handler's uh, retired assassin, Gerder, who's played by Jennifer Jason Lee. And she's, she's rather than, oh, you need to connect with your family. Her idea is like, no, they're fucking holding you back. <laughs> I mean, she's an acting veteran, man. Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, uh, she, everything she does is amazing. I loved her in The Machinist with Bale. She plays that, uh, she plays that boss in the movie, um, that is trying to toe the line of, she plays the boss and possessor. I'm trying to say, I'm sorry. There we yeah. go. She plays the boss and possessor. That's trying to toe the line of business and caring for your laborer. I.E. Voss. Um, you can tell that she doesn't care in that corporate way, but really wants to care. It's like, she's missing that part of like being human or something. Yeah. And she thinks that like, that's just perfect. And Voss should be the same way. Yeah. It's almost as if like becoming a machine is like the future, like trying to be as close to a machine and as thoughtless and as emotionless as yeah, possible like, yeah like her whole idea is false would be like a better killer if she just like didn't have any attachments to anything agree yeah and uh and real quick let's also mention gotta kill the old flesh so 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 to speak <laughs> um let's talk real quick uh a lot of vaping in this movie yes a lot for of vaping alternate 2008 like like what was it like speaking of which i'm gonna pull this vape right now fair enough was it like 2012 2013 is that, is that when, like, the vaping, I feel like, was, like, at its peak? It don't have shit on alternate 2008. Like, no, I, motherfuckers walking I down the street you, like, with it. I told you, like, ten minutes into the movie, I think, I felt, it probably was longer than that, but that's how it felt. I was like, yeah, they are vaping a lot. Excessively. This is, like, yeah. this is a lot. Well, uh, the vapes in the movie, they're all cluttered with, like, cartoons and designs. And that's based off of uh, Brandon Cronenberg using Japanese pain bags as the design for the way the vapes looked in this alternate reality. Pain bags are like purse bags with anime characters on them that get cluttered in buttons and stuff from their owner. So, interesting. And uh, I wanted to point out like how I said they go in like Matrix style into people's yeah. body. It's almost kind of like a VR machine, just like from Videodrome, like his dad. Although they're using like some kind of like... It almost looked like a golden tea trackball looking John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like like those rollers you would have for like golden tea to play at like the bars at golf game where you yeah. just rolled that ball. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh yeah, as I was saying, uh Gerder suggesting to kill the old flesh and uh Foss uh sorts through like a series of objects associated with their personal memories at a debrief. And she pauses on a butterfly that she pinned and framed as a child. 
like uh you know what you see on those like bug boards or whatever the fuck they're called where we're where, like people would like display the insects with like little pins mm-hmm. and uh she tells girder she feels guilty for killing it and uh even though she's in an unstable state of mind voss agrees to perform a major hit on a ceo john parse uh played by as i said the warden of the north Eddard stark got himself killed way too early because he didn't know how to play the game right best character on the show though sean beat <laughs> and his daughter ava played by tupperance middleton uh by possessing ava's fiance colin tate so she goes into tate's body and she's going to take out sean bean and uh his daughter i mean i guess the hit goes kind of good half good half bad yeah halfsies <laughs> halfsies <laughs> we ava's gone she got killed surprisingly it wasn't sean bean first uh so but he's still alive and uh so John's still alive, and then Voss tries to get up out of there and make Tate shoot himself in his head. <laughs> he trying, oh, she's she trying to get up out of there. <laughs> like I said, so so she can leave May Matrix style, just drop on out. But uh, Tate ain't having it. He decides to fight for himself. Yeah, and let's talk about how uh, the effects in this movie are, are mostly practical. Uh, there's very little CGI used. Even the coloring was practical and not a color grading trick. They used red gel to cover the camera lens and green blood so that it looked like blood through the red colored colored lens. Um, they, they also had glasses with red gel on them so that they could use them to see what the camera would see and set up the shots. I mean, this movie put a lot... Yeah. Like This movie was... Working on this movie had to be a creative dream. Seriously. And uh, speaking of more... I guess not behind the scenes, but like for, for cinematography... The movie is very bright. It is. It is. It, yeah, that's true. It doesn't. Instead of having this dark, it's like yellow and red. Really, like yellow yeah. and red are the are the color palette, and they, they ketchup and mustard, them Hulk Hogan colors. Anyway, back. Uh, they ripping faces off of this bitch. We don't rip shirts. We rip faces off <laughs> oh, of possessor. Damn, that's true. <laughs> yep. I mean, it definitely lives up to the body horror, and it definitely lives up to, uh, it's definitely messy. Uh, Tate, as he's fighting for himself, he, uh... I swear, it, it sounds like you keep calling it Tate. I swear, I mean, maybe subconsciously, but I thought it was Tate. Tate, not Tate. It's Tate. I'm gonna make that a shirt. Tate, <laughs> Tate, not Tate. Make that anyway. a hashtag. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Tate, with no I or N, instead stabs himself in the fucking dome. He damages the implant, stops Voss from evacuating Tate's body or overpowering his mind. And uh, he starts coming too, but he has zero clue, as, except that he doesn't know why the fuck he killed his girlfriend or why he's got these like false, like partial memories from someone else that we end up end up being Voss's memories. Yeah, and uh it's this is where the movie gets uh the movie gets really deep into the shit now. As soon as uh as soon as Tate becomes aware and uh avoids the the you know the, the interruption of stabbing himself on the top of the head, that's where shit starts hitting the fan and uh this is where the imagery really starts coming into the movie and the intensity and really it's it's about the battle of wills at this point it's about the battle of wills this man literally fighting to 
be himself to not be overtaken by somebody. It's like it's hard to not root for him because you get him, but you also really like Voss. So it's kind of you're kind of rooting for her too. You know what I mean? How did you feel? How like like think of that? Did you even think of that? It's one of those such a complex movie. Thinking about it. Who are you like a fan of? Are you like not Tate or are you like Voss? I mean, I gotta go with Tate. Like, I, I feel you. Yeah, that's how I feel too. But still, you kind of like Voss, though, right? Yeah, and you know, we always talk about these movies where like people are fighting for a body. Like a lot of like uh, your more religious horror stuff has that. How exactly does one like have a spirit fight? Like for your body, like how, like they're always like they're fighting. Ask a Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's fair if we if we if we could get one of them all. But I've always thought about they're like oh they're fighting like how are they fighting? They just thinking harder like this is my body. No, like, I swear, dude, that's one of the things about this movie and uh, uh, like as you would put it, Daddy Cronenberg's films <laughs> yeah. is that I think that like between uh, Brandon proved that he's doing it too now with Possessor, but I feel that with him and his father, they're able to capture things on cinema that if you were explaining it you like 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 you just said a, a fighting for emotions or battling for a body like imagine like that how would you do that and you see how they would do it and you're like damn you know what i mean like it's uh it's it's yeah just wild shit yeah and uh tate he runs to his friend rita's apartment played by kenahito horn that's way wrong <laughs> but anyway look it up you can get the name why can I just like get one episode where these people's names are like easy? You're gonna have to start YouTube and shit to like hear people's how names to pronounce. pronounce. Anyway, uh, he kills Rita while struggling with a partial memory of the hit of Parse and Eva, and Eddie played by here another one, Raul <laughs> Benhea. That's what I'm going with. All right, sounds decent enough. Sounds He's closer, decent enough. Sounds closer than the others. <laughs> you have no frame of reference for the name. It's just like it sounds legit to me. That's believable. Who's <laughs> <laughs> another employee from Voss's company arrives at the apartment in an attempt to complete Tate's suicide. They fail on that, too. He's a resilient bastard, right? Yeah, he's a mousy little fucker. Mousy little fucker. And uh, Voss is still unable to make Tate kill himself. Instead, Tate becomes aware of her presence inside his body. His conscience overpowers hers in a psychic confrontation, giving him access to the memories of her husband, child, and home. And uh, he kills Eddie during their internal battle. Yeah, um, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, like I said, this is where shit gets serious. And the thing about Voss that I wanted to mention is that, uh, Voss, the thing that I like about Voss that's, that's cool about Voss, if you think about it, is that the character transcends genders, which is really cool. It doesn't matter if Voss is male or female, it's Voss. And, uh, you know, and, uh, Chris and Andrea would legit ask Brandon, like, during, like, filming, like, wait, who am I again? You know, like, it was, like, it was a real collaborative effort, and, uh, Chris would ask Andrea how uh, she'd react to certain things so that he could act like her and help with that transcending. Yeah, it's you don't necessarily think about it, but you're like, yeah, they still got to be able because you just see it in the movie and you just think of them like fighting. But that's that's a credit to the acting that you have to think about. Like, yeah, like he had to think about, like, how would she react to this? And he has to play it. Oh, yeah. And by the way, knowledge nug for all you listeners out there. Um when Sean Bean dies, uh, who plays John Parse, 
uh, 2.5 to 3 gallons of blood were used Damn. in that death. And only one puppet was made of Sean's head, so they had to get it right. And uh, that I mean, thing Sean's took... an expert in dying. And, yeah, well, that, that puppet head... He probably head, helped them. It it's took... like that Ron Swanson meme. I know more than you. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. He plays the villain enough, too. But, uh, yeah, um, that, that puppet head, it took the beating it needed to. They only had one, but it did, it did its job. Yeah, I mean, the... There's nothing bad about the effects. No, not at all. Uh, and then Tate here goes into Voss's home and holds her husband at gunpoint. And like, just like his dad takes it up another <laughs> level. Uh, and demanding to know what she did to him, Voss appears and goats Tate into killing Michael so that she could be free from a personal attachment. And when Michael knocks the gun from Tate's hand, Tate kills him with a meat cleaver. This is where the kills start getting fucking rough. Yeah, it, it kind of beca- it becomes a horror film here. Then Ira stabs Tate in the throat, which, uh, I'm going to say spoiler alert, that's probably my kill of the movie. Yeah, same. I would that su- thing was... It's surprising. I, I think it was Spartan. It's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Hurting for a Spartan. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, the thing, it's a surprising kill. Those quick little throat stabs in movies are so yeah. surprising, and this is one of them. I feel like I should be walking around with my neck protected more. I know. I mean, Wu-Tang warned about it. Protect your neck. Little fucking kids, man. (laughs) Fucking kids always stand people in the neck. What the fuck? They're little knives. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, Ira stabs Tate in the throat and finally killed him. So had to do the job that your mom couldn't get done. Tate uses his last minutes to fatally shoot Ira. Uh, though it's clear that Voss is actually in control at this point. So the daughter <laughs> kills the guy that she's trying to kill to get out of, and then she took over and just killed her daughter anyway. <laughs> Pretty fucked up when you think about it. Well, it was, it was, uh, it was uh, Jennifer Jason Lee was the child. Yeah. And jumped in. Yeah, I got to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm high. I got Sorry, I jumped ahead. My fault. I was gonna, that's what I actually had next here. I was going to say that Voss returns to her own body and discovers Gerda taking control of Ira to end her struggle with Tate. So once again, pointing back to his dad, you go up a level, go up another level, and then somehow still, still exceed it again. And yeah, you got uh, child deaths in there, too. And with Ira, oh yeah, that gunshot was rough. It was just, oh yeah. Fucking, it's, 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 I think yeah. I think I used the word, even though it was the, I think it's the back of the head, right? Or no, it was the front of the head. The front of the head, man. Because I said it was point, like JFK, brutal. but from the front. <laughs> yeah, JFK domed. No, that was what you said. You said, damn, domed him. <laughs> yeah, I did be saying that. <laughs> uh, I do be. Uh, with Hyper and Michael both dead, she's now free of all human attachment, just like Gerder wanted. And then uh, Voss sorts through the same personal objects from the beginning of the film. She handles the butterfly again, but this time she doesn't express any guilt for killing it. Gerder smiles and replies, very good. Knowledge Nug, nine gallons of blood were used for the film's final showdown. Nine gallons. To be honest, I could have thought it was more. (laughs) Yeah, and also here's something. Let me jump back real quick before we conclude the movie. I forgot to say, here's something really cool about this movie that's just, again, just something unique. Um, In the beginning of the film, uh, there's a hotel scene where you see water coming out of a fountain. And uh, the way that that was done was they froze the water coming out of the fountain 
using sound. They used a subwoofer that was putting out 24 hertz of sound through a tube that the water ran through. Then they synced it with the camera speed. The vibrating piece of styrofoam that you see throughout the film was also used with sound. This was the first time that these tricks were done practically in a mainstream film. Wow. I did. Using sound to make all that shit like vibrate, like freezing water and making like styrofoam. That's wild. I would have never known that was styrofoam. I know, right? It's, it's well so done. wild done. It is. Anyway, back to the end of the movie. Yeah, I think I think I think we kind of wrapped that up there. Um, yeah, the f- fucking Cronenberg's just fucking twist after twist, but like it leaves you with that bleak ending where uh, yeah, Voss doesn't feel anything, and it ends, and it's like great. So like now she's gonna do this shit even more. Like she's lost all empathy, <laughs> empathy and sympathy, and she's Fuck just that a butterfly. Heartless. <laughs> she's just a heartless killer, and. Uh, yeah, it's just it's one of the it's a very bleak ending. Doesn't need a sequel. Hopefully, never gets one. Um, it's a, it's a brilliant film. It's a brilliant outing. Don't you think it's a it's a brilliant film? Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. I, uh, Rotten Tomatoes actually uh, even even liked it ninety four percent on nice. Rotten Tomatoes out of one hundred and thirty four critic reviews. So oh, yeah, <laughs> so so it isn't like some of those ones where you're like, oh, it has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomato, but it's been reviewed by six people. No, and it's been out for like two years now. So yeah, it's 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 credible. And this was one of those movies that uh, debuted at Sundance too. Another fucking Sundance movie. I yep. swear, like <laughs> we're getting these dark, bleak, body horror, like emo-ish movies, <laughs> and like none of this was planned. It's just I think I think it's just all we're like, oh well, if we did that. We let, let's do this. It's kind of segued. And yeah. they, most of them have been at Sundance or some kind of like film festival. Yeah, and but, uh, but most of them have been Sundance, I believe. Yeah, and this is this movie is just it's uh, it's intense, it's smart, it's 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 very smart, it's very it's it's trippy as hell. It's the it's the Matrix for I, I would say it's the Matrix for horror fans. Is that fair? That's a really good yeah. I mean, I mentioned the Matrix a bunch of times, but I didn't think according to that yeah. So I uh, and I, I was gonna say Brandon did good. Just like his dad, he turned out to be more of a Colin Hanks instead of a Chet Hanks. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, I say 8.5 out of 10. I was going to say somewhere between high 7s, low 8s, I'll go like an 8.2. Okay, all right. So that, so two thumbs up around the board? Yeah, it's, it's almost kind of like video. Four thumbs up. I was going to say... Uh, like like Videodrome where and I feel like a lot of the movies we've done, it's kinda hard to do these without just giving the movie away because you can't really just spoiler free, there's not a lot you can really even talk about. There's, there's no fun in spoiler free. Uh, yeah. there's no spun fun in spoiler free, but is four thumbs up gonna be our fucking new motto? Quad thumbs. Quad thumbs <laughs> <laughs> Terrible no. No, I was joking and you made it worse. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so uh I'm glad that you know that you enjoyed Possessor. You know, uh, this movie when it came out, I was trying to push it on everybody, and uh, I remember it came out, and everywhere that got it got it on Blu-ray, and it was the rated version, and only the unrated version came in 4K. So I had to fucking wait until like it came in stock where I ordered my movies from, and it was like all late and wrong after people had already seen it, but it was worth it, and uh, it's definitely one of those movies that I think has kind of flew under the radar it's funny because i was talking to my friend today about this 
there's two types of movies. I feel that a lot of people are like feel that horror is stuck. They're like, you know, oh, everything's Halloween uh, reboots and Scream reboots and Jordan Peele and it's all cliche and it's all Hollywood and I don't like that stuff. And it's like, it's really not. If you look, there's movies out there like Possessor that like, you know, like there's other shit out there that is just unique. That's unlike shit that you've seen before. That is a different path. You just got to know where to look. And, and you know, Possessor is one of those movies and uh, I'm glad that, you know, that I stumbled upon it and uh, I'm glad that it's picking up steam and that, you know, it's become like almost a household movie for genre fans. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, I was thinking about something like you have so many of these good horror movies that don't get picked up by the big studios and those aren't the ones being released and the stuff that they do release a lot of times is just kind of shitty yeah but i was thinking about like a lot of times i hear comparisons between horror and comedy that people those are like the two genres that people don't respect in hollywood that's fair but the thing is like and they're both the two that are done the most on like shoestring budgets but i feel like that's like comedy just get pumped down there's so many like just shitty comedies that get made but i've heard of them and like everybody knows them but it's so hard to find good horror movies i agree that's true and uh but again it's like just like with possessor not that it's as as extreme of some of some of these movies i'm about to list but again i was talking to my friend about this and it's funny how there's always that little subcategory you have your hardcore films like you have like necromantic and a serbian film and you know um untold story inside yeah, yeah you have these movies and like they're so hardcore and then you have people who are like horror stuck i hate horror right now i'm not i don't like where it's at it's all it's all like cliche shit like i had said just a second ago you know they just they don't like it and it's like it's like no there's an alternate path like there's other movies out there there's a whole other like i like to call it black horror as if like you know like black metal like it's like that dark shit and it's like there's a whole other path that you can go down but the thing is it's a big jump it's a big jump going from scream five to martyrs it's a big jump going, <laughs> going from Halloween yeah. kills to inside or frontiers. So it's like, you know, it's like there is other High shit tension. out there, but you got to, yeah, but you got to be careful and, and be, you know, you got to, you got to be careful what you wish for. And if you're looking for other types of horror, it's out there. You have to know where to look. It's not horror is not dead. It's just <laughs> a lot of people don't want that type of horror and you got to know where to look if that's what you want to find. And, uh. And you will be judged for liking some of these movies. <laughs> yeah, you will. You will. Uh, did you see Cronenberg, uh, what his next film is? Well, Brandon Cronenberg. Yeah, go ahead, though. Tell us what Infinity it is. Infinity Pool. Yep. Alexander Skarsgård. I'm, I mean, you just tell me those two I'm in. Agreed. By the way, uh, you hear it here first. There will be a Northman review coming from High on Horror. You boy Robert Eggers, right? You love the Lynch. high on horror. <laughs> the high on horror. <laughs> I mean, I'm always down to see an Eggers movie. I've been oh, whatever. He, it's like for me, it's kind of almost like Christopher Nolan at this point, where I just That's hear not there for me, but I, I, it's it's credible, but, but, but it's not but, there. But, for but me. what I mean is like I just hear their name. I hear oh, Christopher Nolan has a new movie. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to see it. Yeah, it's probably going to be and good. Then, like. I remember it was like Robert Eggers, Northman. I'm like, I assume it's going to be about Vikings. I don't know much else besides that. I'm in. Yeah, um, I'm, again, I'm terrible with names. Uh, but if I'm not a big fan of yours, I'm not very likely to remember your name in all fairness. But the dude who directed The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke thought that movie was amazing. Just like I thought The Lighthouse was amazing by Edgar, Eggers. It's funny because 
these directors, like, I feel that they have at least one movie that I like, but then they have, like, other movies that are praised that I dislike. I was right. It was Darren Aronofsky. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, Damn it, you made me lose my train of thought. You said, (laughs) I fucked you up. You said uh, you were talking about how they each have a movie you like. Yes, and the thing about um, Eggers is that uh, I I really just dislike The Witch. And, um, yeah, never mind. I don't remember where I was going with that fucker. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I was going to say, yeah, I know, I know you don't like The Witch. And I, a lot of people. I, uh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. going to cut you off now. Uh, the dude who directed The Wrestler, he did The Wrestler, obviously. And it was a, it was an awesome movie. But then he did Black Swan. And, like, everybody thought that movie was so great. And I hated that movie. And, you know, and then Edgar's was the witch and i'm not a fan of that movie but i like the lighthouse so these guys are hit and miss they're not all i mean but people feel the same way about ari aster you know there's a lot of people that loved hereditary but hated midsummer and vice versa oh yeah yeah if you want to start a fight on a fucking horror group just ask somebody's opinion of fucking either one of those movies and it's just it would you be- ask ari aster and people get mad you ask eli roth and people laugh yeah, dude he, eli roth needs to stop directing forever <laughs> forever forever okay maybe that was harsh but uh uh, he can go wash his ass or whatever (laughs) (laughs) anyway we're gonna wrap this up (laughs) yeah i think we get it too high yeah we've been too high Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at High on Horror 420. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about Studio 666. I mean, it's a combination of Dave Grohl and John Carpenter. I mean, when I saw John Carpenter was doing the music for it, I thought it was bullshit. I was like, oh, this is some fake thing. And then he's actually in the movie too, which is cool. So uh, it's on. Uh, it's streaming. I mean, you got to rent it, but early access, I believe it's called VOD, whatever the hell you want to call it. Easy access, whatever. So we'll be back with you for that next week. Uh, make sure to check out our website, highonhard.com, and sign up for our newsletter so you get uh, the latest episodes and guest announcements sent to your inbox. Also, make sure to check out highonhard.threadless.com. You can pick up everything from beepers to DVD players. I'm I'm joking. I I had to get an old school reference in there. But uh, seriously, we have shirts, bags, magnets. I mean, we have bath mats and even like you can get a fucking skateboard. Oh, shit. (laughs) There's fucking everything pretty much in there. So uh, make sure to check that out again. It's highonhard.threadless.com. And uh, we also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash high on horror. And uh, we have four different tiers. You can join the eighth club, quarter club, half club, or the ounce club. <laughs> so make sure to check that out as well. And uh, I'm an ounce person myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that'll about uh, wrap her up. Catch you later. Bye, everybody. <laughs>